Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, it is FMC. I'm Jeremy. That is SP3. Monday morning, coming at you. Not talking about that, any of that nonsense, that wrestling nonsense. We're here to talk about the NBA we're here to talk about the challenge. Big hockey trade went down. Love Island UK. Reality trash TV. I'm going to tease this off top. I'm going to jinx it by teasing it. Later on today, there is a strong, strong possibility that myself, SP3, and our pal Cher Delaware record an interview with major challenge stars. And I don't want to spoil any, I don't want to put it out there that it's like definitely happening because as I was telling SP3, and as a lot of people know, like I don't like putting this stuff out there and then it not happening and then being like, well, plans changed. But we have a time, we have everything set up. It's a matter of everyone showing up. And if everyone shows up, I'll tweet the screenshot of all of us on air together and we will get that rolling. SP3, how you doing, buddy? I am very excited for today. A lot of good stuff going on. I'm on here with my good brother, Jeremy. This is the show where I, where where I'm nice to Jeremy and we're not, you know, scoring scoring rivals. Are you but, uh, are yeah. you nice to me? I feel like everyone is against me on this show. That's every show that I do, everyone's against me. Well, well, when you start saying stuff like Paul Gasol, elite big, elite big. Uh, even without Kobe B. Bryant, then yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on you. But uh, other than that, I always like having a conversation about you know sports. We had that fun uh, best basketball uh, movie discussion last week. That was a a lot of fun. We had your PowerPoint presentation last week. That, that was, was a blast. So, so people got to look forward. You know, we got some NBA stuff to talk about. Big news of this morning. We got some hypotheticals to discuss. I'm going to give you, you and Hannah later an update on Love Island UK, which might be the season of Love Island UK might be my single top five single most entertaining reality se- season that I've ever I've ever watched ever watched in my life. I I've got to find like the UK version. I'm sure it's online somewhere um i i've got to find the the uk version because i think i think i've said this if not i'll say it again um like when i first watched love island i watched the uk version it was great and then they brought it to the u.s and the u.s version wasn't as good as the uk version so i need to i need to catch up i need to watch this season of the uk version because you're putting it over heavy and we're talking about looking we're talking about licking tits everything like you're you're putting (laughs) You're putting it over big, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch this. I really do. Single, uh, single most entertaining season that I've seen in quite. Some, it's up there with with Catfish. Uh, I, I can just throw a season out. This like season five of Catfish. Uh, what or the the challenge rivals one. 
Like these are all time, all time great seasons of reality television. It's right up there with any of those. But yes, I'm ready to talk about some NBA basketball. We got some hypotheticals to discuss. And the big news of today, Kevin Durant got a got they the Nets got a trade offer for Kevin Durant from the Boston Celtics, including Jalen Brown. What world are we living in? The, the Jalen Brown thing. So I think Woj initially tweeted that like the Celtics have emerged as a suitor, but that's kind of it. Nothing's really there. And then Shams was like, yeah, they offered Jalen Brown. And then it was like Jalen Brown, Derek White, and, and draft picks. And then the Nets countered with we want Marcus Smart. And the Celtics were like, eh, I don't know about giving up Marcus Smart on this. This is, I mean, this is a good offer. Jalen Brown is probably the best player they can get in any type of, of trade package. I think Brown's better than yeah. DeAndre Ayton. That was the, the hypothetical. If he went to Phoenix, it, it'd be DeAndre Ayton. I think he's better than, than Bam uh, if Miami made that offer. And Scotty Barnes has a lot of potential. Right now, he's better than Scotty Barnes, though. Like, he he is, like, if you're looking at Scotty Barnes' like trajectory, you would hope he becomes essentially Jalen Brown. That that's what you yeah. that's the kind of path that Scotty Browns is like looking or, or Scotty Barnes is like looking towards, and that's where Jalen Brown is at. So yeah, Jalen Brown's a legit, legit player. He's very good. You though it, like Derek White's a nice little role player. Draft picks are, are draft picks. It's a big offer from the Celtics. Obviously, the Nets aren't satisfied with it yet. They want Marcus Smart. I understand the Celtics' hesitancy to do that. Here's my thing with it is if this deal doesn't get done now we know that the Celtics have offered Jalen Brown we know that they've tried to trade him for Kevin Durant that locker room everybody wanted the the two J's like split up last year uh at the beginning yeah. of the season and then they turned it around they they fixed things they obviously went to the finals they, they made they made a big move with Brogdon they're the favorites in the east I think coming into this season with with the where they were last year, the moves they made, they didn't really lose any pieces. But now you throw in like maybe a disgruntled Jalen Brown of like, y'all tried to move me for Kevin Durant. That's an issue. And now they might just have to move Jalen Brown to move him. And if you ain't landing Kevin Durant, it's not like you're going to land a player that's obviously as good as Kevin Durant. I don't know if you're landing a player that that uh, Jalen Brown has equal value for. So this is a big swing by the Celtics. And this report that's out there now could cause a, a ripple effect in Boston. What are your thoughts on the trade or potential trade? Um, I think that it's a good offer for the Nets. And like you said, this is like the best player that we've heard in any potential trades or the trades that they've like talked about, especially with the amount of draft picks that the Boston Celtics have, along with Jalen Brown, who, in my opinion, he's a top 30 Top, I would say a strong top 30 uh, player in the NBA. He's a great number two guy, especially if you're going to gather, you know, draft picks from trading Kevin Durant and trading Kyrie. You'll in one of those draft picks, you're sure to get maybe a top five possible uh, dra draft pick. That is a possibility that's out there. And you can place that that top 10, that top five draft pick who you want to build, become the big star of the Brooklyn Nets in the future. You could place him with Jalen Brown or he could get some seasoning from Jalen Brown. And then you have your two for the future because Jalen Brown is still young. He's still going to be in the NBA for 10 years. God willing, no injury.
injuries. He's going to be that type of player for the Brooklyn Nets. So that's the that's the best trade you're you probably are going to get for Kevin Durant. But it it has seemed from the very beginning that the Brooklyn Nets won a haul. They want a haul for Kevin Durant because he is a top 10 player in the NBA. There's no, there's no question about that. You know, top five, we can debate all day about that, but he's definitely a top 10 player in the NBA right now. They want more than just one great player and some draft picks. They're going to want, if you're, if you're going to, if you're the Boston Celtics, then yeah, they want everybody and their mama except for Jason Tatum. They was like, we'll, we'll let you keep Jason. We're not going to ask for Jason Tatum. We want Marcus Smart. But I think Marcus Smart is the second guy, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, the, the Boston Celtics are unwilling to trade. So that's what makes things tricky in this whole situation. And I 100, 1000% agree with with you and I, this is coming from a from a Los Angeles Lakers fan and we hear all the drama that's been going around with LeBron saying he's not interested in playing with Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook's name being thrown around and not just Kyrie Irving trades now it's being thrown around in Buddy Heel trades to the to the Indiana Pacers we've like gone from here to here they could have had Buddy Heel last year SV3 they could have had him they they did have him Woj tweeted that it was a done deal. And then two seconds later, it was a, oh, no, never mind. Everybody in the Buddy Heald package is now going uh, to Washington in the Russell Westbrook package. You know how how good of a trade that would have been in comparison, like trading Kyle Kuzma for Buddy Heald. Now we're trading Russell Westbrook, former MVP, for Buddy Heald because of how bad last season went. You know how? Oh, and they got to give so up a draft pick. And they got to give up a draft pick to get him. Like they got to attach compensation to a Russell Westbrook deal. It's not good. It's not good at all. Not good at all. So, but we know how that's affected the locker room and all the rumors with Russell Westbrook, you know, no longer with his agent, not feeling wanted by the Los Angeles Lakers and wanting out because his name has been mentioned in trade rumors. We might be seeing the same thing happen with Jalen Brown now because this news is very big for today. Is I, I, I woke up this morning and not Kevin Durant, not the Brooklyn and not the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown was trending on Twitter because that's the name that everybody's like kind of shocked after they went to the NBA finals, after they made the trade, giving up absolutely nothing really for, for Malcolm Brogdon. They were the favorites in the, in the Eastern conference heading into next season. And now you just, you just had a trade rumor about your second best player on the team and it's not being done. It's not a good look for, for, the Boston Celtics right now in a locker room that kind of, you know, came together at the like mid-year point or in January of this year in in that uh, 2022 regular season. They came together. They became the hottest team in the East going into the playoffs. Now it's kind of going to see if this affects that locker room morale. Like you said, everybody was talking about splitting up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum early in the year when they were struggling, but they came together, like I said, and now this may be the thing that splits them apart and may be the thing long-term that stops them from becoming, you know, the NBA champions or getting back to the NBA finals because everybody can say, oh no, you know, Miami, he came back together after their little argument on the, on the sideline with Spo and Jimmy Butler. 
Butler, but in a lot of ways, that was the crack. That was the crack everybody was looking for of what was going to stop Miami Heat from getting to the NBA Finals. And we saw what happened with them and the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, at, at the end of the day, I think the big difference between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat of why Boston went to the NBA Finals is that locker room and that team was more co- had more cohesion than the Miami Heat. At the end of the day, you don't want stuff like this to happen, and now it has. KK Shaw says, stopping in to say, hey, on a way walk into work. If Katie ends up in Boston, does SB3 join Jeremy in the fuck Kevin Durant camp? Everybody I'm, should I'm, be I'm, in the fuck Kevin Durant camp. I'm copping fuck Kevin Durant shirts if he ends up on the Boston Celtics. I, I have a fuck fuck the Boston Celtics shirt that I will premiere maybe uh, when the regular season uh, starts up. It's in production. I will maybe debut that, but maybe I will get a fuck Kevin Durant shirt and I'll send it to Jeremy as his wedding gift as well. So it will both have nice. fuck Kevin Durant shirts uh, for if he's on the Boston Celtics. For now, though, he's with my family in Brooklyn, so... I can't say fuck Kevin Durant quite yet. Nice. I, I will take the, the fuck Kevin Durant shirt. It's a great wedding gift. I don't know how Beyonce feels about that. I don't know. I don't know what kind of shirt you're getting her. Uh, Cause it doesn't really do much for her. Me wearing a fuck Kevin Durant shirt. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a shirt with an arrow. that says he hates Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thomas Shevlin says, love listening to talk NBA. I heard you talking basketball movies last week. There's no love for Like Mike, Uncle Drew, or my favorite. I mentioned Eddie as, yeah, you had Like Mike, and I had Eddie as an honorable mention. Yes, exactly. Don't, don't, don't. You, you, gotta, you gotta go back and watch the episode, Thomas. Thank you for the super chat. But I showed love to like Mike. I said, like, like Mike. I wanted to be. I wanted to be Bow Wow in that movie. I was like, man, I know he's an orphan, but he got some old sneakers from Michael Jordan, and he got yeah. to the NBA. Like, I wanted to be him at 12, 13 years old when that movie came out. I even complimented Morris Chestnut for his performance in that movie. And yeah. And Jeremy, uh, you know, he talked about Eddie and we talked about how Eddie is basically the basketball equivalent of Little Big League, one of the classic baseball films, which might be a new one, another one that we have to do. We don't really talk a lot of baseball on here, but we might have to go into like different sports movies. That that'd be the thing. Like we could do a top 10, a top five uh, baseball movies, top five football movies. Cause I got a bunch of, I, I, I oh, like, football. I like football and baseball movies more than I like the sports in general. <laughs> At, oh, that's, that's maybe not football. I do I'm a big football fan, baseball, a hundred percent. I'm not a big baseball fan at all, but I'll watch baseball movies all day. We, we can do, we can do those throughout the summer. There's not a lot going on, especially in the basketball world. I mean, if the Jalen Brown news doesn't come out this morning, I had a hypothetical to throw at you of Donovan Mitchell or Damian Lillard. So, so here's my hypothetical. You get them for four seasons. You get them for the next four seasons of their career. All right. The money you're paying max money to both of them. Who, who are you taking? Who you're building your team around? for the next four seasons, Donovan Mitchell or Damian Lillard? You know what? That's one of the toughest questions you've ever asked me on this show. I love show. these hypotheticals. I love them. Yes, those are, those, that's a difficult question. Now, i got to look up. I'm going to look this up real quick. So, Damian Lillard is 32 years old. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell 
He, I think he's about 27, 25. Oh, really? He's uh, that old? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 you're right, you're right. He's 25, he's 25. He, he's going to turn 26 on September okay. 7th, so just before the season starts. So who would I take for the next four years, max money, and build my team around? I'm going to have to go with Donovan Mitchell because of how long he's been in the league. I'm not going to be paying him $50 million when he's 36 years old. Um, so, so yeah, like even with Max Money, because of how long he's been in the, league, in the league, his final year of his contract will be between maybe like 40, 45. And with that five to $10 million more, I can find, I can find, I can pay another max contract to a star, a number one star to put next to Donovan Mitchell, more likely than I could find a number one star to put next to Damian Lillard. I think both guys are not your franchise building stars that will get you to an NBA champion, but I think they are cool fantastic two of the best that can be the number twos the the great number twos maybe all-time number twos on a championship team but with how Damian Lillard's contracts have been I'm gonna be paying him maybe 10 million more per year than I would Donovan Mitchell because of how long he's been in the league all his all of his accomplishments that I can I'm more likely to find that number one to put next to Donovan Mitchell over Damian Lillard so I'll take Mitchell I took Mitchell as well because because of uh, the age factor. Lillard, I know I'm getting a like Lillard wasn't good last year. He wasn't good. If you look at the numbers, I'll I'll actually he got hurt, and I understand that. But like I'm gonna bring up these numbers, and for people who are, really love Damian Lillard, the numbers uh, might might surprise you if you didn't like keep up with it. Thirty two percent from three, which was a career low for him, and thirty two percent is not good. Like I, like I think league average is like 34, 35 for a guy like Lillard who creates a lot off the dribble. is not just like catch and shoot three. Like he's taking nearly 10 per game, 32%. Not good. He was averaging 24, 24 points per game uh, and shooting from the field, 40%. Again, career low. He was not good last year. Maybe the injuries just like he came into the season banged up. I don't know. But he, in the games he played, which was only 29 games in fairness, he was not very good. Um, so he's coming off an injury. He's coming off a, a season where he didn't play well. He's going to be, yeah, by the end of this contract, he's going to be 36 years old. You're maybe getting two good seasons out of Lillard. Correction, before you continue, I just I just looked up. How does Damian Lillard's contract break down? You want to hear these numbers, Jeremy? Oh, I'm sure they're, they're terrible. Terrible. <laughs> so, so next year. He's going to be 32 going into 33. He gets 42 and a half million from age 33 to 34. He'll get 45 and a half million from 34 to 35. He'll get 48, 49 million, basically. Then 2025, 2026, he's getting 58 and a half million dollars at age 35 to 36. And then 36 to 37, he's getting 63 million dollars. They're paying – I'm going to say this. I'm taking Mitchell because of the age factor, and I would hope that Mitchell – Damian Lillard is who he is, especially defensively. I would hope that Mitchell improves some on the defensive end. Like maybe he becomes Devin booker as because Booker wasn't a very good defender, and then he finally – like just give some effort, just be, be competent as a defender. And the hope is over the course of these four years, Mitchell becomes like a competent enough defender to and continues on the offense. So I would take Mitchell. 
The the issues with Mitchell is I think he's more of a headache off the court than Lillard. By all accounts, Lillard, great teammate, great leader. People love playing with him. People love playing for him. And they never caused like any issues or anything. Mitchell didn't get along with his other co-star. And I understand Gobert has issues of his own and, and everything and comes with his own set of problems, whether you know the covid stuff or just his on the court his his uh limitations there but he still mitchell didn't really find a way to to make it work it didn't seem so i think that's an issue with mitchell i do think mitchell asked for too much based on what he's accomplished i've read a lot on the jazz and he was asking for i need this guy on the staff i need that guy on the staff i want this accommodation i want that accommodation it's like you haven't accomplished anything dude like you you got some good regular season victories you picked on an old Carmelo Anthony in the playoffs. Otherwise, you ain't really done anything in your career. I think Mitchell and Lillard are two of the most overrated players in the league. I don't want either of them, if I'm being honest. I don't think I don't think Damian Damian Lillard was on the top 75 of all time list. He shouldn't have yeah. been there. That was a crime that he would. What has Damian Lillard done? He's hit two shots. In his career, oh, he hit the shot against the Rockets, which was a big shot. That was early in his career as well. That's a big shot. That's fine. Yeah. He hits the shot against OKC. They're up 3-1 in the series in a tie game, and he hits that shot. If he misses, at worst, they go to overtime, and they probably win because the Thunder are terrible. Or they're still up in the series 3-2 if they lose that game. Cool. Great shot. He's made one Western Conference Finals, got zero wins out of it, got no individual accomplishments. I don't want either of them. I think Mitchell and Lillard, two of the most overrated players in the league. I mean, I, I can't say you're wrong. I can't say you're wrong at all, at all on that one. Nah, like, yeah. I mean, I was a big fan of Donovan Mitchell, especially with what he did against, you know, your Thunder a couple of uh, – That um, was – that series, that series, people thought Don, this was his rookie year. And I completely get it. Yeah, it's his rookie year, and people are like, "Oh man, Donovan Mitchell, he's great!" Like, look out, look what he did against the Thunder team in his rookie season. And I understood that. I got it was like, "Oh yeah, okay, he's really good." Then we just found out he just he just isoed Carmelo Anthony all the time, and it's like, "Oh well, if he doesn't have Carmelo Anthony to get the switch on, what is Donovan Mitchell actually doing?" He's not a good playmaker because he should have got the ball to go bear a little bit more. Even if Gobert has his limitations, you got to find him a little bit more in these situations. I think he's a very good playmaker. He's a he's a good scorer, very good scorer, but inconsistent and doesn't defend a lick. And then I think he has some off court stuff where he asks for too much based on his star status in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he hasn't he hasn't really improved greatly since that rookie that rookie year save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
he's progressed as he should, you know, being a, a young player and, you know, all the potential that he showed in that rookie season and in the playoffs, he's progressed in that type of way. But especially with his off the court issues with not getting along with Rudy Gobert, asking for too much and stuff and, you know, just everything that is around him, other issues with players outside of that, his little beef and feud with Ben Simmons. There's a lot to undertake with oh, Donovan yeah. Mitchell that, yeah, that, yeah, it's it doesn't seem worth it for what he has accomplished in the league so far. I think he's a great scorer, but outside of that, his game seems limited to when you when you bring up other players that are around that came into the league around that time, whether it be, you know, a Jason Tatum, uh, Brandon Ingram. I would take both of those guys arguably over him. And uh, that's saying a lot with Brandon Ingram. But I think Brandon I Ingram Brandon. has more upside than than Donovan Mitchell at this point. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll throw I'll throw this out there. We talked about Jalen Brown a little bit. If you're if you're the Celtics and you know you you can't get the KD trade done with Jalen Brown, do you turn to Utah and try to trade Brown for Mitchell? And if you're Utah, what do you think of this deal? So you said uh, Brown. So Jalen. So you instead of getting uh, Kevin Durant, they trade yeah, Jalen. You, you miss out. For you miss out on Kevin Durant, like. The Nets are just like, yeah, we're not doing it. But then you come back to Jalen Brown and you try to smooth things over. And he's like, it's a big hypothetical, obviously. And Jalen Brown's like, yeah. nah, you've pissed me off. Like, I want out. If you're Boston, do you go to Utah and be like, hey, what do you think about Jalen Brown for Donovan Mitchell? I think that's a downgrade. I think that Jalen Brown, Brown has... Jalen Brown is a better overall player. He's better defensively than than Mitchell, and I think on on any given night he can give you just as many points as uh, Mitchell. So there's nothing that Mitchell really does better than Jalen Brown. But I understand the the question and the hypothetical of if they've kind of ruined things for uh for for them with Jalen Brown as far as the locker room, as far as even getting along with his teammates and getting along with the team in general, getting Jonathan Mitchell. I mean, in, in a lot of people's eyes, it's going to feel like an upgrade because Mitchell is the bigger name. But if you don't, if you, if you watch the NBA, I don't think there's a lot of people who watch the NBA that will say that Donovan Mitchell would make the Boston Celtics better than what it would be with Jalen Brown. So yeah, I think that that's kind of the only way to get a player that can at least give you the same amount of points than than Jalen Brown. So, yeah, if they ruin things with Brown and getting Mitchell, I would still say that the Boston Celtics are the favorites in the East right now. It's definitely a downgrade because Jalen Brown is, is a much better defender than, than Donovan yeah. Mitchell. And that's where in Boston, who prides itself on physicality and defense, Mitchell's got to he's got to get up to that level. And there's I mean, Utah prided itself on physicality and defense and Mitchell couldn't get up to that level. So I don't know if Boston is going to be able to to pull to pull that out there. But if you're Boston and you've pissed off Jalen Brown and he basically requests a trade and wants out, I don't know if there's a better option out there than Donovan Mitchell, because I don't think there's going to be total equal value for Jalen Brown in any of these trades. And you're Boston. You're a win-now team. You ain't looking for draft compensation or anything like that. You don't want these first-round picks. I mean, they're nice, but you're trying to win a title 
this season. Donovan Mitchell at least helps you do that. Like you can't, if you're Boston, you can't go to, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to think of like, like Sacramento and be like, yeah, let me get your first round pick. And you know, whoever, whoever else out there is out there. Like they already traded Tyrese Heller, Darren Fox, but they, they got their point guard. Like Darren Fox would be a good player on that team, but they don't, they don't need another guard. They need, or they don't need another point guard. They need some type of like Ford uh, to replace Brown. Yeah, I, I agree a little bit. And, and so does SB three, like Brown, we both think Brown is better than Mitchell, but if you have to trade Jalen Brown in this hypothetical, you have to trade Jalen Brown. I don't know if there's value out there. That's as good as Donovan Mitchell for, for Boston. I don't know if I'm Utah. I don't know if I'm doing it though, because I don't think Utah wants to win anymore. I think Utah is looking for a full-blown rebuild. Jalen Brown yeah. probably helps you win a little bit too much, but he's young, and maybe you just be like, "Well, this is this is our Shea Gilgis Alexander of here's a guy who we could build around." But then he's he's older than Shea, and you might be wasting like kind of his prime years on a team that just isn't competitive. Maybe Utah can flip him for 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 draft compensation and everything that they are actually looking for, and maybe that's that's the move. Uh, it's some type of three-team trade that, that comes together. It's a big hypothetical. I realize that I'm just I'm throwing this all throwing this all out there. I, I think the best spot for Donovan Mitchell would be the Miami Heat. I feel like the Miami Heat need that type of score. Like they have Jimmy Butler, who's a great who's a great scorer when he when he can be. And you know Jimmy Buckets, he can go off, but he's he's getting up there on age and he's not as consistent as he once was as having those big explosive scoring games. I think that if they added another scorer to go along with their tremendous defense, I think they would be the favorites in the, in the East, honestly. So trading a Donovan Mitchell for, you know, a hero, a Lowry, uh, and draft compensation, I think that's a good thing for, for the Utah Jazz. I think it improves the Miami Heat, and it puts them at least on the level of the Boston Celtics or a little bit higher because now you have two legitimate scorers who could go off on any given night with Jimmy Butler and um, and Donovan Mitchell. And because of Butler, Bam, and the overall defense of the team, that it's not going to be a glaring like misstep or a step down in defense if you get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I still think Mitchell gets traded. I think the Knicks are where he ultimately ends up. If I'm Miami, we talked about it a little bit last week, but Ainge and Riley don't seem to have the best relationship. And I, I Ainge might try to get a little bit more out of that deal from Riley than he would elsewhere. Uh, LW says, as a Lakers fan, I would Boston to trade Brown for Mitchell. Mitchell's a downgrade. I mean, you, you Lakers fans got your bigger issues than what Boston's doing of going from Jalen Brown to Donovan Mitchell. We haven't talked about this, but what do you, what do you make of, we, we mentioned Westbrook. Apparently they, they got on a, a stream yard call, a zoom call, and they all came together. They kumbaya it. SV three. Everything's good. Right. It's all they, good. They came, it came together. It's a kumbaya <laughs> moment. Sometimes all you need to do is just talk to your talk to your friends and you know have a coming to Jesus moment. And we can put this whole thing together. 
there is potential here with with Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. These are three legitimate all-stars coming together. LeBron James, arguably one of the top five, top three greatest players in NBA history. Russell Westbrook, one of the, the first man since big O Oscar Robinson in the 1960s, 1970s to average a triple-double in the NBA. Like that, Russell Westbrook, who took the, the goal, the Oklahoma City Thunder to the playoffs when they had no business being there and won an MVP. Anthony Davis, one of the best bigs when he's healthy. Like these are three legitimate all stars that could come together and make things right. They can they can make people forget about last season, and they can come to the promised land, make it to the playoffs, and bring number eighteen to the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe in this kumbaya moment. I believe the Los Angeles Lakers will be back. You don't believe a word of that. You no, don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> You don't believe a word of that because we heard this same shit last year when they traded for him. They all went to dinner together, lunch together, and LeBron's like, "I oh, it's going to work. It's going to be great. We're all on the same page. It's, it's all fine. And then the ball was tipped off. And then the ball was tipped off, and we saw what happened with the Los Angeles Lakers. And it went how it went. And it's going to continue to go this way because this team just does not fit together. It doesn't fit. Never made sense from the moment they made the trade. And them coming on a Zoom meeting and saying, oh, it's good. It's fine. We're all on the same page. Doesn't matter once the ball is put up in the air because Westbrook is still just going to stand there and do nothing. He's going to take his mid-range shots. He's going to look off LeBron. LeBron ain't going to screen. Westbrook ain't going to screen. Maybe Anthony Davis for learns how to shoot again. Maybe. The rest of it, the, they got no shooting. They got zero shooting on this team. I don't think their defense is any better. The ball is going to have to go up in the air at some point, SV3. And all the Zoom meetings, all the, the Instagram posts, all the Twitter posts, all the statements, all the LeBron showing up at the Drew League, all of that is out the window when they finally have to play a game together and they everyone remembers how much they hate each other. Why, why, why do you have to do this? Do I, do, I, do I come to the Oklahoma City Thunder and knock all the draft picks out of your hands? Out of your hands? I said the Oklahoma City Thunder. They did a great. They did a great job in the draft. Yeah. You can't even be slightly positive and say that it's possible that we could put it together. Damn, SB three. You know that's wrong. You know, you know that I I'm a Westbrook defender. That's my guy. Russell Westbrook gave me some of the greatest moments in Thunder history. His MVP season, legitimately, my favorite season in Thunder history. Legitimately. I love watching that man play. You know I'm what you know when the trade got made, I was excited, even though I had my doubts because it's like, well, what Russ is finally going to a team that can contend. He, you know, after spending in Houston where it was never good, really gonna work out. Washington was a lost season. He's going to a team where he's playing with great players in LeBron James and Austin Reeves, and he's gonna 
is going to is going to be able to potentially win a championship. And then it didn't work. It didn't work. And now I don't I don't have any confidence that it's going to work. So I can't I can't act like it's this is a good thing. I'm sorry. I want Russell Westbrook to succeed. I do. There's nobody I want more to succeed in basketball than Russell Westbrook because Thunder fans know what it's like for this guy to be on your team in the peak of his powers, mind you. Now he's just he's clearly he's past his prime. He's a little washed. Like peak of his powers, people hated on this man. And people think this, the way he played last year, like this is how Russell Westbrook has been his entire career. And that's not the case at all. Russell Westbrook was a top five, top 10 player. He was the MVP of the fucking league. He, he, he made triple doubles, just like the norm. He normalized triple doubles. And peak of his powers, Russell Westbrook, people are like, well, he's always been terrible. We put up with so much shit. Like, oh, we ran KD out. He ran Paul George out. You're never going to win with Russell Westbrook. He's the ultimate guy that he's just going to always drag a team down. I want Russell Westbrook to win a championship, show up in his snakeskin uh, outfit at the parade when it's 100 degrees out. This man don't give a fuck. He's out there vibing to some Taylor Swift or whatever else he's going to listen to. You've seen those little social media. He's always in a car. He's vibing to something. I want Russell Biden. Westbrook to be to be the happiest man in the world. There's nothing that would make me happier, except for the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup, which happened. Nothing would make me happier than watching Russell Westbrook with the, the Larry O'Brien trophy. I'm like, I got this. You can't take this away from me. Fuck you. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to happen either. Like I said, I'm just trying to be optimistic about this Los Angeles Lakers. I want my family member. I want Kyrie Irving to come to the Los uh, Angeles Lakers. And that tells you everything you need to know about the Los Angeles Lakers. That the fact that I think Kyrie Irving, who might not play more than 50 games next season, uh, is an upgrade over having Russell Westbrook for 82 games. That's what I'm at. I'm at that already. I'm there already. I think an upgrade would be Russell Westbrook for Buddy Heal at this point. At this point, that's where I'm at because we already got a point guard. His name is LeBron James. We don't need Russell Westbrook and getting some shooting like uh, like like Buddy Hield would help. It would have helped last season, but it'll help this season as well. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm over the Russell Westbrook experience. I'm over the Russell Westbrook era of the Los Angeles Lakers. I think it's time to move on. But if it's not, I'm still going to be optimistic. And I'm still, if we do our NBA 2022-2023 season preview, I'll still be having the Los Angeles Lakers in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, they should make the playoffs, right? Like, they're good enough to make the playoffs. That's all I Definitely. gotta ask for. It can't be. It can't get worse than last season. Not even making the freaking play. That was bad. That was really bad. It was ALW really says, bad. "Russ for Shea. You love Russ so much. Take him back. I'll take him back, but not for Shea Gilders Alexander. We'll give you like one of our three hundred second round picks. We'll take Russ. I think we got the cap room to just take his contract without moving any type of money. I do love Russ. I, you'll never take the memories Russ gave." Uh, gave to me you can't take those away just like when cam newton everybody wants to rip on cam newton the panthers that man had mvp season took us to the super bowl you can't take those memories away did i want him back last year i was excited because sam darnold was trash uh but like yeah. 
we had nowhere to go at that point. So Cam, Cam coming back was fine. I recognize when these guys just aren't very good anymore. And Russell Westbrook isn't very good anymore. I've moved on from that Thunder era. That's over with. We got the new, we got the new Thunder era with, with Shea, Chet, and Giddy. Like we're, I'm good. I don't need Russell Westbrook. We'll give you a second round pick. You can maybe flip that for for something. I don't know, but no, I I'm not trading Shea for him. But I do love Russ. I, you're not taking away my love for Russ. I hope he wins in Los Angeles. I do. I hope he wins in Los Angeles, man. He's not going to. I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But like, all I can hope. All I can be hopeful for for my Los Angeles Lakers at this point is. Just making the playoffs because I still stand by the fact we up two one against you your all of you people's favorites Phoenix Suns. <laughs> we were up two one before Anthony Davis got injured and we lost that series. So we just need to get back to where we were at that point. At that point. And hopefully Russell Westbrook knows how to play with Anthony Davis, knows how to play with LeBron James, and we can see improvement because last year was as bad as it can get, and it has to get better from here. It has to. Um, I don't. Yeah, SP3's got the UK internet that goes in and out. Uh, Cody, Cody says, Jeremy and SP3, who's winning the East and why is it the Bulls? The Bulls are running back a team that played well to start this season and then won one playoff game. I don't know what to make of the Bulls. They ain't went in the East, though. I Boston and, and Milwaukee are, are still the favorites in the East for me. I do like the Sixers. I think the Sixers made some some very good moves. And yeah, well, it, a lot depends on like Embiid's health always, and then if Harden is like actually washed or not. Yeah, I would say I got Boston as the top of the East. They are going to be taking it. Uh, after Boston, I would take Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks with Middleton returning, uh, you know, the former NBA champions. At full health, we still haven't seen if they were able to defend their NBA NBA championship title. So hopefully Middleton is healthy by the time we get to the playoffs. Then I would go Miami Heat. If, if Bulls are in the top four, Cody, I'm sorry. They are gonna lose. They're gonna lose to a lower seed. Even if they're in the top four, they're gonna lose to a lower seed because that's what the Bulls do. The Bulls were in the top four for the majority of last season and then somehow fell down like a like a like a bag of potatoes down a down a staircase. Billy Donovan. <laughs> that's who that's who I'm blaming. Blaming old Billy. Blew the three one lead. Kevin Durant would still be member of the Thunder. We would we would have a title. Russell Westbrook would have his title if Billy Donovan knew how to coach a basketball game in the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. I mean Billy I, Donovan, he, he was a good college coach, but that can't always happen. Can't I will always, slander Damian Miller. He's overrated. Somebody said he's a Hall of Famer. He will make the Hall of Fame. Do I think he should? No. Damian Lillard, not an actual Hall of Fame. He's not in my Hall of Fame. Because I actually put Hall of Fame players in there. This ain't the Hall of Very Good. This ain't the Hall of Made One Big Shot in his career. This ain't the Hall of NBA memes. He's a meme because of his little wave and his little look that he gave. This ain't this ain't the Hall of that. Oh yeah, Dame time. Yeah, it's Dame time. No, it's the Hall Dame of Fame where you get in based on accomplishments and, and actual impact on the game. Hey, Damian he's Lillard, an all NBA player. 
all NBA player multiple times. He 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 has oh. been one of the greatest Boston, I mean Portland Trailblazers of all time. So, so? that deserves something. Yes, great he is. Portland Trailblazers. Greg Oden was yes. a great Portland Trailblazers. They got the no, same amount of stop. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. They got wasn't. the same amount of individual awards. What do you okay? Individual awards. Now you're well, Marcus now you're Aldridge specifying. was a great. Well, Marcus Aldridge was a great Portland Trailblazer. He was. He was. Damian Lillard is better. Overrated. Not in my Hall of Fame. SP3. Damian Lillard. Not in I would my say, Hall of Fame. Bill Walton, Clyde Drexler, Damian Lillard. Top three. Portland Trailblazers of all time. Who cares if they were great on this certain team? He's not great. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Put him in the Portland Trailblazers Hall of Fame then. He's not in the NBA Hall of Fame. Not an NBA Hall of Fame player. Top 75, him being on that list was blasphemy. I don't even, I'm not even a big Kyrie Irving fan. Kyrie should have been over Damian Lillard. At least Kyrie got a ring that he contributed to. Damian Lillard got zero zero wins past the second round zero was wins elite big, the round. was elite big paul gasol top 20 top 75 he should have been if he wasn't nope nope he wasn't he missed he out. wasn't he missed what out. he was are you kidding me he really wasn't <laughs> i just looked it up nope he wasn't this is what it says as soon as you google it the first thing that comes up paul gasol the recent retired gasol missed out on the nba 75 team and one of the bigger surprises uh, a vital piece in two championship teams alongside kobe bryant with the los angeles lakers gasol Dwight, was also Dwight a time all-star and four-time all nba player Dwight Howard wasn't on the list either, was he? Wasn't that a big like thing that they that they didn't have Dwight Howard on the list? Look up if Dwight Howard was on there. Let me look that up. Let me look that up. Just replace Powell with Dwight, and they, that would that would be outrageous because Dwight Howard. People sleep on Dwight Howard's stretch where he was the best defensive player in the NBA. Oh no, he, he was at that- 50, he was at number fifty six. Okay, good. For some reason, uh, somebody told me that that he wasn't okay. At least, at least that's good. Yeah, Dwight Howard took that terrible Magic team to the finals. That team had no business going to the finals, and it was on the back of Dwight Howard. Pau Gasol should have been there over Damian Lillard, though. Are you kidding me? Damian Lillard is he's so overrated. Yeah, Damon Stoudemire is, is a, a great hey. player. Brandon Roy? Brandon Roy would have been the best of these bunches. If, if I, not think, for I think um, – we need to retroactively put Kobe Bryant in the top three greatest players in NBA history because he won back-to-back titles with no other top 75 players. Because that list is bullshit, SV3. That's why he won back-to-back titles because it's, it's a bullshit list. That's why. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. He won two oh, back-to-back. The, yo, you did back-to-back titles. Not only is Kobe Bryant being a part of the last team that won three straight, but he won back. He's the only he's the only player in the last fifteen years to win back to back titles without a top seventy five player. I'm a, wait, let me see if Clay is should Clay, Clay Thompson should be in the top seventy five. Thompson should definitely be over Damian Lillard. Let me see. Is Clay was Clay snubbed as well? That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy if Clay was snubbed too. Nope, he was snubbed. 
He was they put Damian Lillard on this list. Tell me what Damian Lillard has done besides hit a shot and a tie game and a series they were up three to one. Tell me what he's accomplished besides that. Nobody can do hey, it. Because he hasn't Bryant done anything the- else. I th- I think we we just glossed over the fact that Kobe Bryant is the last player who won back to back titles without a top seventy five player. That that's you know Steph Curry has done it with two teams, but he didn't do it back to back, ladies and gentlemen. Back to back titles with no other top seventy five player. Kobe Bryant in the top three. It's it's now Michael Kareem and then Kobe. Get out of Not get out. Anthony Davis shouldn't have been on the list either, by the way. That was a he he's up there with Lillard when it comes to overrated. Oh my god. I, this is I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be dragging this all day. <laughs> this is how much we changing the headline of this video to Damian Lillard being overrated. <laughs> if you take away oh, anything man. from this video, take away that Damian Lillard is the most overrated player. In NBA history, I mean Anthony Davis didn't make the top seventy-five, so he shouldn't have either. Bravo, bravo, AD, bravo, AD. Top five in MVP voting next next year. Next year, Anthony Davis. You see him working on his cardio. You see him working on his cardio every day. You see him working on his boxing, trying to be tougher, trying to not be made out of glass. Anthony Davis out here in these streets. All right, so let, let me quickly go through. I've invited Caden on. I don't know where Caden is, uh, but he can't yell at me that he didn't get a link to this, okay? All right, Caden, when you're listening to this uh, retroactively, when you're listening to the replay of this, he's like, where was my link? Where was my link? I sent you the link. I said we were going to talk hockey because there was a big trade. This trade happened at like 12, 12 at night. Like th- This felt like the Paul George trade. I remember waking up. And my friend is like, Paul George just got traded. I'm like, huh? What? This is a big trade. So Matthew Kachuk got traded from the Calgary Flames to the Florida Panthers for uh, Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto. So I'm going to try to put this in, in basketball terms for you, SV3, because I, I know you're, you're not a big hockey fan. So Matthew Kachuk is basically he's an all-around player i'm not going to go as high as like kevin durant he doesn't have like the accomplishments of like a kevin durant or anything jimmy butler we'll call him jimmy butler but like a young jimmy butler matthew kachuk's only like 23 24 like he he's about to enter the prime of his career all right so take like jimmy butler as far as league status but just reduce his age all right so jimmy butler gets jimmy traded. butler on the sixers yeah 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 sort of sort of like uh jimmy butler on the sixers that that that's fair um, maybe even Matthew Kuchuk is like Joel Embiid. Like he's a really good player, really good player. Gets traded for Jonathan Huberto, who was a bona fide MVP candidate last season, one of the top scorers in the league last season. Another young player as well, another very young player. Uh, I'm trying to think. The basketball equivalent thing is very tough for this. Um, who who's another young player? Maybe maybe like a Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, okay, like. Very good score. I know Mitchell hasn't been like a big time MVP candidate or anything, but the Florida Panthers were he's, the best team. He's Devin Booker. 
Devin Booker's pretty fair, actually. You're better. You're better at these basketball comparisons than I am. Um, you don't even watch hockey. <laughs> you know who these players are. Uh, so yeah, sure. Devin Booker. Devin Booker's fair. Um, Florida was the best team in the league last season too. So Devin Booker's actually a very fair comparison. And then you know what? This actually works. So you got like prime Jimmy Butler being traded for Devin Booker and Mackenzie Weger, who's a very good young player. Uh, Mackenzie Weger, Mikhail Bridges. It, so it's prime Jimmy Butler traded for Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges. That's the nature of this trade in, in hockey terms. It's a pretty big trade. And it's even bigger than that because, you know, the, the star status and rankings in the NBA is different from the NHL. But that's about where this trade lands. And it was kind of out of nowhere. Like people knew Matthew Kachuk wanted out of Calgary. He said it as much. He wasn't going to resign everything. So people knew he wanted out there. But the thing is like people that people didn't think that they were going to get this kind of value because you know how you can get NBA example. You know, when guys request trades, a, the leverage is kind of gone by that point when other teams know, Hey, I got to move this guy. It's tough to get equal value by that point. Like that's why people think like, Oh, whatever can the Kevin Durant trade is, the Nets are going to lose that trade because Durant wants out. They have to trade him. So the leverage is gone. They got a, a guy who scored 100 points last season in Jonathan Huberdo and a guy who was an MVP candidate. Mackenzie Weger, a very good young young player, very good uh, offensive defenseman. Like, this is a big, big trade in, in the world of hockey. Yeah, Florida, I think Florida is going to be really good next year uh, with the Kachuk trade because he gives them a different element than Huberdo gave them i think calgary did very well losing like they i think calgary won this trade by not having leverage on kachuk and then they got back jonathan huberdo who i love i love huberdo he's he's one of my favorite players to watch and Uyghur in this deal and they lost goudreau to columbus for nothing like calgary did well to reload with, with this trade so now if they could resign them that's where it's going to be an issue because Uyghur and uh, Huberto are both free agents after this season, but they might be able to flip them and start like a full on rebuild at the trade deadline. So very interesting trade, very big trade in the world of hockey. I remember waking up, I was like, Oh, and like my timeline was going crazy. Even like some not hockey fans were discussing it. This was a big deal in, in, in the world of hockey. So I want to bring that up. Caden's not here to add more to it, but you got the invite Caden. It's your fault. If you don't show up. Cody Willis Kate is my let us all down. He's let okay. us all down, Katie. Cody Willis is my penguins are going to be mediocre yet again. Hey man, they they show loyalty to Crosby, Latang, Malkin. Like I can't, I can't full on hate on that, but yeah, they're running back a core that is kind of running on fumes, and they, I understand it. You're going to upset the fan base if you lose any of those guys. They had done a good job, like cultivating talent around them and, and getting young young prospects to that level either they'll be there you got crosby and malkin they're still very good hockey players so so they'll be there but yeah being in the middle is uh not not where you want to be in any sports you know if you're like, like six to eight seed stuck in that the middle it is just hell you'd rather just be terrible or you'd rather be great if you're terrible at least you see okay like the thunder we don't want to be six to eight. Just be bad and have a long-term plan. We're fine. You don't want to be the Kings. The Kings have been in that just middle area of like, we ain't really contending, but we ain't really tanking. We're trying and we just suck. That's not where you want to be. 
But or Portland got- last year. Portland last year. They, Overrated they Damian Lillard well. on their team. That's right. Hey, bringing it all together. But uh, yeah, this sounds very interesting. Uh, very big trade as well, considering, you know, the comparisons that we gave to them from the NBA. So very, it seems like it seems like ho- hockey is doing what the NBA does. It's making people talk about hockey during the offseason. That's that's to be commendable. Yeah, the NBA needs to hit back with an actual big trade. Come on, NBA. What are we doing? Is... You, you you blew your load too early in like the first three days of free agency, and now we've gone almost two weeks with nothing big happening except for rumors. Well, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, NBA. Quit being bitch made GMs. Make a trade. All right. Make a trade, NBA GMs. Let's talk. Trade Marcus Smart, Boston. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, Boston. Boston's I dare you. Power. Austin's going to be, this was, this was the Danny Ainge special, right? It's like, we almost had this guy. We almost had that guy. We just wouldn't give up this person for him. We wouldn't give up that person for him. That's what's going to happen once again. We almost had Kevin Durant. We just wouldn't give it up Marcus Smart. At least Marcus Smart is a little bit more, hey, okay, we didn't give up this guy. Then Terry Rozier, we wouldn't throw in Terry Rozier. What's he up to nowadays? Like, throw throw in Marcus Smart. Do it cowards get kevin Durant. do it do it be don't be be a man be a man danny come on i don't think danny's there brad brad stevens yeah it's brad stevens come on brad stevens you were all ballsy as a coach be ballsy as a as the gm why not remember when remember when uh brad people were like would you rather have lebron james or brad stevens stupid ass arguments this was a real thing were you on twitter for this sv3 yes nba twitter yes. was wild when when like the celtics were facing the Cavs or the heat like, he was like would you rather have brad stevens or lebron james brad stevens didn't win shit the first season out as head coach they went to the finals that says it all, doesn't it? That says it all. He's but he's a he's in a much better position now than he was previously. He's like the reverse Steve Kerr. Like Steve Kerr wasn't in the best position when he was head of basketball operations on the Suns, and then he becomes a head coach. He wins four championships. Like sometimes you just have to find the right role. And similar to to Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson as head of basketball operations, absolutely sucked. And as a coach, he's one of the greatest of all time. I've I've invited our pal Cher Delaware. She too is not has not responded. So we shall see. SP3 and I are gonna talk to challenge regardless. Uh but SP3, give us a Love Island UK updates. So Love Island UK is 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 closing out, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it's been seven weeks. Uh, we are in the eighth week of Love Island uh, UK, so the winner is going to be crowned. Uh, the relationship that I talked about last time of Andrew and Tasha is actually going well, Jeremy. They've actually reunited with each other. Uh, uh, they they 
they expressed their love for each other after the big blow up of uh, of of titty licking uh, to lick a tit or whatever, uh, which has actually become a song, a very popular song on uh, TikTok apparently, uh, lick a tit or whatever. They have come back together. They are together. They are officially boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, Tasha asks uh, Andrew to be uh, his uh, her boyfriend, so they are officially together, and they almost made it to the end to the end together from being put together by the public at the beginning of the season all the way to the end they are now back together uh the 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 couple that seems like everyone's favorite is davide and ekinsu i don't think i explained this one so ekinsu came in as one of the bombshells right so she was one of the bombshells that had to basically infiltrate one of the other couples to stay in the house. So Davide came in and he was a bombshell before her and he coupled up with Gemma. And then Ekinsu came in and she basically, uh, you know, got, got you know, the fancy of Davide. So Davide coupled up with her after Luca picked Gemma. So they coupled up together. And then a new bombshell named Jay came in and Ekinsu started complaining that Davide was and giving her too much attention, but he's like just a tie. He's like the like everybody, all the girls say he's like the best looking guy. He's called the Italian Stallion. So, but when this other guy who's kind of a built guy as well came in, he she made Ekinsu's head turn. But instead of being upfront with Davide and just telling him, like, you know, I'm interested in this new guy, you're not giving me enough attention, she started sneaking around. Like, literally, they have a terrace that's right above like where everybody sits and they do like their partying and stuff and the Love Island villa. And they were like, crawling onto the terrace together jay and ekinsu to go make out with each other it's literally like become a thing like he was doing like a <laughs> crab walk to go to go make out with her on the terrace and they were doing all of that and then eventually davide uh found out about it and he basically and because ekinsu is this turkish soap opera uh actress he was like you're a liar you're an actress you 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 <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Ekinsu, you're a liar. Uh, so yeah, he he became very popular because of that. So Ekinsu eventually coupled up with Jay, but then they had a falling out because Jay's head turned. He was more interested in this other girl in the island named uh, Paige, and basically uh, Jay left uh, Ekinsu for Paige. Ekinsu, uh, you know, yelled at Jay for that. Then she coupled up with this guy Charlie, but Charlie was very boring. He has one of the worst. Uh, strip tease dances you will ever see where his pants couldn't even come off when he tried to do the strip tease and he did like this like grinding like oh my god it was horrible it's worth going out of your way to look up uh so Ekenstein's head turned again and it hit, turned back to Davide so this whole entire time when she went from Jay to Charlie uh everybody was kept asking uh, Davide, like, would you be interested? Like, we see you guys. You guys are much nicer to each other now. Like, they're always around each other and laughing and, and joking with each other. So eventually, they get back together, and everybody's been in love with them as a couple, because they've been like the drama this whole season. They've been the most entertaining, too. So that's why they are kind of like in the lead, why everybody's going to think they're going to win. The recoupling of a Casa de Mor, I don't know if anybody's ever watched Love Island, but 
but basically like they'll have established couples and then they'll separate the boys and the girls in the villa like they'll have the boys in the villa stay and then new girls will come in to kind of turn their head and then the girls they have go to casa de more and guy new guys will come in so during that whole period everybody was all the guys were basically cheating on their girls like davide was kissing he kissed two other girls in casa de more that's when andrew was licking a tit or whatever uh <laughs> dammy dammy uh basically coupled up with this new girl summer uh instead of going back to his girl india india came back with another guy during that and um there was one guy named Jax. Jax had basically had his fancy for one girl and then he started making out with like this other girl Shein, and they looked really close and to the point that the girl thought that he was going to pick her to recouple with but at the end of recoupling he was the last one to pick he said that he was going to stay with Paige Paige was all good like basically an angel in Casa de Moore and she came back and then at the end the host is like, okay, oh, yeah, ladies, you know, you have to, we have to say goodbye to you. Are any of you like shocked that you're, you're not picked? And the girl that was with Jazz was like, yeah, I thought I wouldn't be standing here. And she was like, well, who did you think you're going to be with? And I tell you, she did the, the, one of the best turns, the best like evil turn, like Jax. And then all you see <laughs> is pay Jax is like this. He's like, um, he's like looking away from Paige. He's sitting next to Paige. He had his arm over Paige. Paige lifts his arm up. So that caused a whole bunch of drama with him. So we went like a whole week where Jax was trying to get back on Paige's side. And then he gets back on Paige's side and they bring a new bombshell in from one of the older seasons from like series four. Uh Adam Collard. He comes in and basically Paige's head is like turning, although she just got back with Jack she's like maybe this is my test like Jack's had his test in Casa de Moore and this basically gets to Jack's to the point that Jack's like starts going off on her like how he's 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 slagging me off he's slagging me off I don't I don't care about this guy and he eventually says like he has to leave completely and like two days later Paige is with Adam Collar and she's making out with him in the bed while this guy went home because he has mental health issues so yeah it's like it's a wild series I, I think that was the best explanation I could give for it. But uh, yeah, the, the lead couples is Ekatsud and Davide. Dami and India, they got back together after their heads returned in Casa de Moore. They're like the only like black couple that's still left. There's this girl, Danica, who came in as a bombshell and she's been like pied off by like four different guys. And now finally, they're like the last bit of bombshells came in and she's got with one guy and they finally seem like they're happy. And everybody says like some people are just going to vote for the, her couple because they like Danica because she's kind of like the underdog because she's been pied off off so many times and still stayed in the house so people are rooting for her uh luca and Gemma. luca is like if you've ever seen the netflix series you jeremy have you ever oh, seen that's that, one of my favorite that? Shows. Yeah. love that show as well he is the the, the main character from you like the way okay. he <laughs> he is very smothering on Gemma and like he doesn't like when other guys flirt with her and everybody believes because around the time that he got with Gemma in the house was around the time the guys found out that Gemma's uh, father is Michael Owen, this famous football player. And like everybody thinks that he's just sticking with Gemma because he really wants an autograph from Michael Owen. So he's been like very smothering to her and stuff like that. But they've been one of the longest couples but 
Nobody really likes them. Nobody really likes Andrew and Paige. Really, it's going to come down to Davide and Ekansu and Dami and India. That was and a I, loss. That, is, that was a lot yes. to take in. SV3. As you I recapped. did it. I did it. I, I did it in about eight minutes, though. That's <laughs> I. I recapped seven weeks of Love Island in about eight minutes. Thank you. That that was that was about a minute per week. That was good. Um, <laughs> if you haven't watched it, watch Love Island UK. I'm gonna attempt attempt to get. There's so much I want to watch. I say it every week, but like, there's just so much TV out there, and I can't I can't watch it all. I got too many uh, other things to listen to and watch. Unfortunately, let's let's get into the challenge USA. Our pal Cher is not here. Hopefully, she shows up later. For the thing we're supposed to be doing hopefully other people show up later for the thing we're supposed to be doing uh let's pull let me pull up the draft board here hold on so you you've caught it you've watched all three episodes sp3 yes i have yep okay. all right let me let me share my my screen man i knew i should have picked tyson tyson's looking great tyson's looking yeah he's looking really really strong who got tyson oh share got tyson of course, of course she did and, doesn't know doesn't know who any of these people are and still managed to get him uh so week two week two was pretty big because it seemed like you know it was just gonna go on knock off the the love island people and that be that we, we mentioned a couple weeks ago that the the algorithm changes up the teams every week and so it makes gameplay a little bit more difficult because now you can't just protect the people that you want to protect in, in other lines. Like if you're attached to a Love Island person, they want to knock them off. Well, you might have to knock off someone who you're actually close with. Tiffany, yeah. Tiffany thought that they were just going to run things. It was going to be great. And then Tyson was like, nope, I'm throwing you in there. So Tiffany and Cashel got thrown in in week two, and they ended up losing to, to Kayla and James in, in the, the, the second elimination. And so Tiffany and Cashel, we're gone from week two. So we look at our list here. Uh, where's Cashel at? Did he get picked high? Can I was not he picked high? I thought he was in. I thought, no, Cashel was right there. You picked Cashel. Where? He's, what round? He's at the bottom. I think uh, the third to last round. Or second to last round. Why Why am I blind, SP? Oh, there he is. My God. <laughs> All right, Cashel and then Tiffany. I feel like Tiffany was picked sort of high. Yeah, Cher picked Tiffany yeah. second. Oh yeah. man, that oh. is one of the oh, that's that's the worst any of our first round picks has ever done ever done see, in either yes. of these rounds. I understand picking Tiffany second because I, I I think she knew Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany was a very good player on her, her Big Brother season, and it she she thought she was playing the game well. She thought things were lying. Cher is here to respond. To respond oh, to uh there she yeah, is. she's here to <laughs> Cher, you, you to... lost Tiffany very early. How bad am I doing? Well, your your first overall pick, Tiffany, got eliminated uh in week two. So that's not great. Am I the only person that's had people eliminated? Because that's probably no, 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 no. no, no <laughs> SP three, SP three lost his last pick, and I lost my my second to last pick. But then we haven't gotten to week three yet. So week three, Cachet or James, James and Tasha got eliminated. So James, who had James? I had Tasha. Oh, I had James from Amazing Race. He was gone. You had Tasha, SP three. Where? Oh, there's Tasha. Yeah, okay. right so there. Tasha. 
gone from Survivor. So that's where that's where it stands. You've only lost one person. Exactly. Sure. We both lost two be, people. It just happened to be your first overall pick. Didn't work as well as uh, John A. did for me. No, it wasn't rigged this time. The game was not fixed. So... <laughs> I, I assume you haven't been watching this season, Cher. No. That didn't seem like it. SB3, what have you made of, of this season so far? And then the algorithm, because I kinda I kinda like it. It makes things like confusing. I considering they switch teams every week and I'm, and because I don't know a lot of these people anyway, like shit, now I gotta figure out who their new teammate is on top of not really knowing who the fuck they are. But I actually like the concept of it. Yeah, I, I do like the concept of it, how they're able to kind of uh, switch things out like that, and that it's very hard for these alliances, these show alliances, to work out, you know, swimmingly. Like, like the whole thing that um, it would have been very interesting if Tiffany and Cashel did win, because Tiffany could have found out that Xavier from her season and it was uh, pl- basically put her through her under the bus to save Alyssa to to make up to Alyssa for what happened in in Big Brother. And Alyssa has this whole big plot against the cookout that that no one knows about yet. So I think it would have made things very more interesting if they had won. But uh, I mean, James he eventually got eliminated anyway the very next week after that. Um, but. Yeah, it was very close. This uh, last elimination, though, Dominic. Dominic was an. Comp- I think that he, Dominic tried to throw it. I think he yeah, tried to throw it. It seemed like it. Like he just he didn't do anything. You're supposed to. So so this last elimination, like you're supposed to build this like tower with these blocks, and then one person is trapped in this like tube of water, and you try to like plug the hole in the in the water thing. And Dominic didn't even try to plug the hole. It's like, what do you? He just stood there. He didn't do anything. And even TJ is like. You know, thank God for your partner, because Cache, like, because you didn't try at all. And he's like, yeah, I just did. I don't know if he didn't know what to do, if he didn't know the strategy. He just believed it. But just, just a baffling decision. And yeah, he fortunately, Cache bailed them out. But it did seem like he tried to throw it or something. Like, like I don't, I didn't understand that at all. Like, I, it was, it wasn't until someone else that I looked on Twitter when I went to Twitter feed for for the challenge. Someone else was like, I really feel like Dominic threw it because he didn't want to. He he felt like he wasn't getting the right partners and he wasn't happy with Cachet telling him how to do the game, even though she was right. You don't, yes. you don't go to everybody and say, "Hey, put me in the elimination. I'm ready to go in." And in the what the third elimination? Yes, that's just stupid this is stupid in, in a challenge where you don't have to go through elimination this is not this is not total madness this is not double agents you don't have to go into elimination you should not actively be trying to go into elimination because of that but but cache i think it really feels like although we all shitted on the love island contestants making them all of our last pick they get the game a lot better than a lot of these other shows yeah yeah uh, Cher, we will say you picked Tyson, and Tyson has won two of the three daily challenges so far. He looks like a, a very good player. He, he seems like a very major player in here. He's kind of running the game a little bit right now, so you do have him on your side. Just from listening to what you guys are saying, you can tell that a lot of these people um, probably did not 
watch the challenge either by being like, put me in, put me in. Like there, there are some, and I don't remember who said, but like there are, there have been a few who commented like, yeah, I watch the challenge regularly. Like I went back and watched past mm-hmm. seasons. I think once you get in there, it's a different thing. Yeah. Anybody yeah. who wants to get thrown in is just, and, well, and, like, this is a different world than the regular challenge because the regular challenge, you're always going to have the vets who are going to, you know, know yeah. what to do more. But all of these people are from different games with different strategies and everything. So you're going to have – everybody is not a veteran at this point. You're all rookies. So you don't need to prove yourself more than someone else does. So don't volunteer to be thrown in. Like I think – I think the Love Island people get it more because all these other shows, Survivor, Amazing Race, Big Brother, like you're playing games, you're playing competition to win and stuff. And so like that's just sort of what they know is like, oh, I'm playing this game. I want to win these competitions. And Big right. or Love Island, you, ain't play, you don't do any of these like competition bullshit. Like I, they, they do a little bit, right, SB3, like to, to win dates yeah. or something, if I'm not mistaken. But like – I don't even part, think it's to win – dates it's like it's like stupid stuff it's like yeah it's like funny yeah, games yeah. Type of stuff. Yeah. yeah it's just like funny games and see it's more like, like how stuff. the old yeah it's more like how the old challenge used to be when they had to like hold an egg like <laughs> it's, it's not only, that's it's not legit legit it last is. night that was one of the the challenges is to hold an egg yeah, on a spoon like, and run yeah. run around but i i think that they get it more because really a part of the love island game to stay in the house is you have to make those social connections with each right. other so when you're in when the when the public votes you into the bottom it's it, most of the time it's the other islanders who are the ones that will save one person so you mm-hmm. have to build those social connections because if you're if you don't have those connections with other people they are most likely going to vote you off of the island so i think that's why they get that part when it comes to like the eliminations you want to have all those connections with people and you don't want to volunteer yourself for the elimination because you don't want to get eliminated yeah i i think with uh like the especially the survivor and the amazing race people they think like oh, we need to win challenges. We need to do good at this because this is how like you win overall. The Big Brother people understand the social aspect and also like winning certain challenges, but not winning other challenges. Like we, we watch Big Brother. Right? And, you know, a lot of the strong players, Xavier, who I, I took first overall, he knew that like you don't want to win a bunch of early stuff and put a target on your back and go from there. Like you want to play and he has not been a factor at all so far and i I think that's great i think that's great for me because at some point he's going to step it up and realize oh now is the time to start winning stuff and that's when you make all of your moves survivor people and the amazing race people they're just like win 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 everything the big brother and the love island people are like kind of social game kind of just play play that game win sort of when you need to and then go go from there so the, the the dynamic is definitely different i don't mind this season i think it's actually been good if I knew yeah. the players a little bit better, I'd probably like it a little bit more. And then I do like the algorithm, but because I don't know the players and because they're switching teams every week, I'm just like, okay, who is teamed with who? You're going to switch it on me again. What are we doing here? I think I think this uh, format for a regular season where we do know everybody would work pretty well. The challenge people would figure it out in a heartbeat. And be like, oh, well, we'll do this, this, and this. But I do think the format is good so far. 
yeah, I really like the the money. The um, you need a certain amount of money. I rather that than the whole uh, you know elimination skull thing. I rather right. you need a certain amount of money because I think that's what they did. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Vendettas was kind of like that, where you got money for different challenges and eliminations. So I like that more than you know the Red Skull. You have to win an elimination to run a final. I know that was good after like War of the Worlds 2 when half of the people or more than half of the people that were in the final never went through elimination so they had to switch it up like that going into Total Madness and Double Agents but I think we've moved on from that I would like the money concept and maybe like the algorithm for like the entire like not the after every elimination the algorithm maybe the algorithm at the start of the season so you don't you this is how they are picking your partner for the whole season I would like something like that yeah right um anything else uh, throwback is here throwback what's up buddy hope everything went well with the delivery i think you were at uh, roh as well so congratulations on everything throwback hope you had a good weekend um share i teased it at the beginning i didn't want to say anything outright because i'm always worried these things fall through and i don't like saying anything until you know we're all together and it's done and then i can put it out there but potentially later on today, big moment for us three. Big yeah. moment for, for our, our careers as challenge scoopsters, challenge reporters, as we leave other worlds behind and cover the challenge full time. Cher's going to quit her job as head of PR of everything and dealing with terrible customers and clients. SP3 is going to finally move back to the U.S., to cover real, to, to cover a real country, to live in a real country. Oh, uh, two, probably... two more weeks, by the way, guys. Two more weeks. Finally. I'm coming back in two weeks. Yes. I finally got a tentative flight. Two weeks. going to move back to the U.S., not have to deal with those Brits and, and all of that stuff. I'm going to finally kick Sean Ross Sapp in the head and leave Fightful behind, just be done with it all. We're all going to move full time into covering the challenge if later today what we have set on the schedule, what do we have a calendar invite to? We had to send calendar invites. <laughs> they did accept the calendar invite. They did. They did. Even so. even with me writing the name incorrectly. <laughs> I thought that was going to ruin it. I thought I was like, oh, What's funny is that's what I used to call him all the time. Like you did, I remember when we so when you auto corrected to that, I was like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if this happens, I will tweet the screenshot. When it'll run, I don't know, but we're all gonna quit our current jobs. We're gonna challenge. We're gonna cover the challenge full times. You might see us on the challenge. We're gonna be. You know what they should have us do on this show is like the, the guest commentators come in and just like do commentary during the challenges and stuff. We'll run the three man booth uh, for, for the eliminations for the daily challenges and stuff. We'll be like, um, we, we, we were watching the fiance and I with the kids, we were watching uh, most extreme challenge little commentators who, who do the, the sound bites on that. That's what we'll do. We'll do that shit for the challenge. All right. That's what we're going to get hired as after our, what happens today, hopefully happens. They don't do the post challenges shows for like USA and All Stars. Yeah. We can do that. We can yeah. do that. Come on, CBS. 
Absolutely. Who's running CBS over there? Throw throw a bunch of money at us, CBS. Put us on Paramount to do our challenge podcast. Yeah, we got this. I mean, have you seen our drafts? Come on now. I mean, we know the, the, the last draft. The last draft was you guys had the you nailed the first two picks. The first two picks were <laughs> who won the damn thing. This last draft, everybody went in blind except for me. I knew some of the Big Brother players, but otherwise, I went in blind as well. You guys went in completely blind, and so far, we're not doing too bad. So give us our own challenge podcast, CBS. All right, Cher, do you want to plug anything? And then uh, we'll get out of here. No, I'm good. All right. I love how you have nothing to plug ever. <laughs> SV3, you want to plug stuff? Uh, follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. Follow me on True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We had a great weekend. Our most one second most viewed watch along for ROH Death Before Dishonored. It blew my mind that that was our second most viewed uh, watch along. And uh, check out my roundtable review with Richard Benson, aka Benno of Post Wrestling. We did that yesterday morning, so that's up on the channel right now. And my interviews with GCW's Kevin Gill, as well as Impact Wrestling's Rosemary. There you go. Go go follow SV3. Go go support everything he does. Throw back this in the super chat. Says, hey guys, thanks for making today. Great kickoff. Thanks for joining us, buddy. FMC, first morning chat, first morning coffee. Um, what what's some other names? Like something about Monday was on there. First Monday coffee. You know, it, it might stands be for whatever. First morning challenge. Yeah, there we go, SV3. There we go. Um, yeah, Caden actually messaged me and said he's out of town. I called him. Um, so that's why he wasn't, he wasn't there. Uh, go support SP3. You can support Cher and whatever she does. The future challenge professional podcaster, Cher Delaware, this exactly. time next week. Uh, guys, a uh, bunch of stuff on, on Fightful Overbooks this past week. So I'm going to try to run it all down. I'm going to tweet a bunch of stuff. But uh, at FMC last week, we I did uh, Lambs. Lambs returned with a bunch of scoops. Um, we had... Caden did actually do something and he cut the short of Connor Casey murdering SV3 on a former episode of Pillar to Post. Uh, I'll go ahead and announce this now. I, I think everything's inside. Uh, Pillar to Post back tomorrow at noon, Tuesday at noon. SV3 will be there. Connor Casey will be there. So we got the showdown between SV3 and Connor Casey. Share Delaware, what are you doing tomorrow at noon? I'm inviting you right now on air. Oh my God, Mark out, Mark at, at, noon, at noon Eastern tomorrow. Yes, noon Eastern tomorrow. I will be taking my kids to get a haircut. No! Cancel the haircut appointment. You got to be on Pillar to Post. The only time I have an appointment is when you invite me. I've invited you now. I, I have invited you. The invite's out there. I wanted to do it on air because I thought you were going to have this jubilation, this big celebration. And as, instead, soon as, said, as soon as you said tomorrow, I was like, I just know it's going to be <laughs> when I can't, the one hour of the day that I can't do it. Haircut and haircuts are like tough to get. The, the oldest one, he's been trying to get a haircut and the fiance has made an appointment and can't get one for like three weeks or something. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't school starts to- in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I just go to Supercuts. They just get you in, get you out. But Do you, you know, go to Supercuts? I mean, look, I've got my hair cut in the past couple of weeks. I, <laughs> I, it, got way cut, it cut way too short. I'd like to get it 
in a long again, but I'm gonna have to get it cut before the wedding. That's probably the next time it'll get cut. Um, all right. Well, Cher will be on at some point. I will invite you every single time we do this show until you can do it. But I did let the record show that I did invite you to be on. You did. That's fair. I gotta find two other people now. I was banking on you being there. Cher. Do it from do it, do it while the do it while the kids are getting haircuts. Just you know, yell at just them leave what them. they need. Yeah, I was about to say, walk do outside, you not trust these barbers? Be <laughs> fine. Uh, so, but Pillar to Post will be back tomorrow. Connor Case will be there. SP3 will be there. I'll find two other people to be there. What else happened last week? Day after Dynamite with Will Washington and Phil Lindsay. I did not make my run in. Very sad. I finally missed my, my run in week. Uh, we had coexisting with Robin Maggie on air. Vince McMahon retired. Sean Rossap did a run in. Kate was part of coexisting after dark. I watched that. Uh, two new series debuted on Saturday. One was myself and Joel Pearl, Newsworthy, where I just put myself over and all my great headlines and interviews that have flown <laughs> under the radar and things like that. So that'll be every Saturday. And also every Saturday, the series, where kind of the looking at wrestling from a sports, real sports-centric approach is something that I'm doing and trying out and had a lot of fun with and put a lot of work into. So you can go support that. Sunday, we had Tim and Joel call it in the ring and Tag Talk with Haley and Kylie. New content every single day right here on Fightful Overbooked. I appreciate everybody that supports, that has subscribed, that has left the thumbs up, that has tossed some cash our way. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, SP3. Thank you, Cher. I will hopefully talk to you guys later today. I I think I will in some capacity. I hope we are joined by some guests, and that all goes through. Bye, everybody. We'll be back next week, and maybe a big announcement on Twitter around 2 p.m. All right. Bye, everyone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.